Hello and welcome everybody to the Misadventureland Games Show. I'm Bobby and I'm here with Justin. Hi there. Hi Justin, how are you? I'm doing fine. Yeah, there you go. You're pointing this I way. Because I have, because <laughs> you know how like most webcams are like flippy floppied. So like yes. you, if you wear a shirt that says like, you know, a word on it, it's backwards. I don't have mine like that. But that means that if I point this way, like I'm pointing in, in my world, I'm pointing away from you. <laughs> in my real life world it's uh and now and now i'm pointing towards you this is tremendous audio content i know i know i know right there um how's everybody how's everybody doing out there in chat world we're broadcasting live twitch.tv slash misadventureland every monday at around 8 30 p.m eastern time um and luckily this year none of the holidays really fall on Mon mondays so um we'll be able to pretty much keep going through through the holidays um but this will be the last of our games podcast for 2020 um and we're going to talk tonight about the games we've been playing um i'm sure we'll talk a little bit about cyberpunk 2077 and that debacle nightmare that's happening and maybe just sort of talk out what we're thinking for game of the year uh for this year for us we haven't solidified anything yet but we can we can do it we can do it live just like we do our game of the year discussions we can do our discussion about how we're going to do game of the year live Thank you. Let's do it. Hand modeling. I did notice cup. that you were hand modeling that cup. What are you drinking today? It's green tea. Green tea. Because as Justin and I have talked about before, when you're a father of small children, you're sick 95% of your life. It's um, true. You're at least 20% sick 95% of your life. Um, so uh, kids get you sick. That's right, Andy. Kids get you sick. And I'm, but like, it's not just like the, oh, my kid brought home some weird ass, like stomach bug and I've been throwing up or whatever, or I'm super sick. You're just like, that's what I expected before I had kids. I'm just like, have a low level cold my entire life now. <laughs> and I'm sure that's a mix of the children and not sleeping well at all. But, um, I'm sure neither, neither of these things help, but here we are. It's, you get the added bonus now in 2020. Every time I get a 10% of a cold, I think I'm going to die. So that's also the other part that's fun about 2020. So, yeah. Um, uh, how are you doing, Justin? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, just had a very small existential crisis with Jora, uh -huh, which yeah, I was yeah, telling yeah. you about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, the planets are aligning tonight. Jupiter and Saturn are closer than they've been in 800 years. And uh, he couldn't really see them. Uh, but apparently Angela saw a meteorite falling from the sky and like, so I told her I saw a meteorite, which he didn't get to see a meteorite. So then he got very upset. And then he's in the bathroom and he's brushing his teeth and I'm looking at him and he's like, the stars are so much more important than I am. And I'm like, can you just... <laughs> Can you just be a normal eight-year-old for like one minute? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but like the sun's so much more important than me. I'm just, I'm just a person, and and that that gives everything life. And I'm like, oh my god, they don't like this is the, this not the stuff that they and like in the the when you have a child and the person comes at like comes barreling through the room at the hospital and is like, here's the guidebook. 
There's no chapter in the guidebook for when your child says, the stars are more important than I am. Like, Cody, Cody says, anime character Jora. <laughs> um, Cody, uh, as a little aside, are you okay? Yeah. Andy <laughs> says, my kid's favorite new thing to say is my life is a lie. <laughs> Jora does know. I mean... He's not wrong. <laughs> it's actually like not a bad perspective to have on yourself and your life as you go forward. I'm but... waiting for him to be like, but dad, this is all just a simulation. <laughs> We're not really here. Don't you see that? We're echoes of somebody else. And at that point, I'll literally just give up. He's like, yes, definitely. He's writing, he's writing his own emo song one, one line at a time. Yes. Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. Dad, mm -hmm. didn't you know that you're the one that's not real? And then I just, I just <laughs> fade away all the ones and zeros. And you see like a Bruce Willis at the end of Sixth Sense like montage of you realizing that Ange has really never talked to you directly. This, you know what? It's all making a lot of sense now. Oh no. Oh god. Oh, Mark. Okay. I'm going to try banning Mark from the chat. Can uh, I time out a mod? Okay, I don't think you can time out a mod. Uh, Cody says he just uh, hyperextended his shoulder and woke up in a lot of pain. Okay. Good All to right. know. We love getting messages from our friends being like, hey, I'm in the hospital, but everything's everything's fine. Yeah. It's like, okay, more details, please. To be fair, it wasn't even a message from our friend. It was a tweet from our friend. <laughs> even worse. <laughs> um, I hope you're feeling okay, Cody. Hope you're feeling all right. So, yeah. So tonight we have some games to talk about um, and we're going to get into the cyberpunk stuff. Let's talk about the cyberpunk stuff first. Get that out of the way. Um, get our kind of our feeling and opinions on it. I talked about it a little bit in, in last week's stream, last Friday's stream. Um, but I want to get your take on it a little bit too, Justin, on, on this one. Um, Cody is quoting Black Parade right now and I'm living for it. But I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> Right I can like hear him. it in, in my head. Um, when I was, uh, I was in um, the chat for a friend of the channel, Planet Redbeard, um, and we had a long discussion about My Chemical Romance uh, the other day. Um, good band. So let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so la la last time we, we chatted, I believe it was not... Last Games Podcast, was it even out? No. It wasn't, right? It was just about to come out. I think we were recording the week it was supposed to come out. Yeah. And reviews hadn't even started hitting yet. Um, so everyone knows all about the bugs and everything that happened. It was, it's been a mess. They weren't allowed to show modern console. I mean, um, like a last-gen console, PS4, Xbox One um, footage of it. Uh, they finally came out. It looks terrible. It runs terrible. They patched it a bunch. But one of the things they said, they put up one of their many statements with black text on yellow background saying that, you know, they should have shown the console version earlier. They understand that people didn't know what they were getting into. So if they want to get a refund, reach out to who you bought it from and you can get a refund. Uh, they did this without telling any of the people, any of the companies that this would affect. So the company just started getting phone calls and support chats from people asking for refunds. And their response was pretty much, no, no. <laughs> like, no, we don't you do can't, this. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not part of the deal, our return policy. So, um, 
they 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 did that and then um they a little while later like i think a day later sony came out and basically said okay yeah you can return it to our store digitally for a full refund but we're delisting cyberpunk 2077 from our storefront um until further notice essentially now bobby uh, yes we uh we've been playing video games for a very long time mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. you ever seen this before no i've never seen this before especially not with something like this which this like we, we've seen games delisted from storefronts before for several reasons a lot of them and usually end up being um some sort of um you know a more political reason i guess or you know like we talked about that um i talked about this on the just chatting but the that devotion game the people who made um uh that detention game that i that i played on stream they got a pull from steam because it had it satirized the chinese president and um uh stuff like that the only thing i can think of that is almost is anything close to this um justin is when arkham knight got pulled off of steam at, after at launch because it was so buggy and broken oh that's right i forgot about that but that wasn't steam didn't pull the game wb pulled the game um and then basically said anybody can get a refund um if you don't want a refund you can have pc versions of the other three arkham games and keep the game that you have um, until it's it's back um, and so that eventually came back on the store after a long time and, it, and when it was fixed um that that was the only time i've ever seen it um the reason and green says this in chat but i, I was going to say this uh, anyway um the reason sony had to do this is this perfect meeting of two shitty things right which is one of them is the the, the shitty cyberpunk stuff which we'll talk about more in depth in, in a moment the other part of it is sony has no refund policy for broken games um and, and i would say i i think they're the only i shouldn't say that nintendo doesn't have one either i don't think but the um but between like sony microsoft steam they're the only one who doesn't have this microsoft has it so microsoft kind of like expanded the policy and is refunding cyberpunk for people who have played it longer than the window in which you get to play it. i think it's still the same thing like two hours of gameplay or you you could only have bought you could bought it a month ago or something and return if you haven't if you haven't started playing it yet um so uh they expanded that policy and they were taking refunds sony in order to even take refunds had to delist it from their store um but it also feels like to me sony basically saying all right you want it you want it refunded you're gonna tell people to get refunds well kind of fuck you if you want it refunded this is the only way we're gonna do it or you're not gonna sell another copy of the game on our digital store uh for now on. We, we heard that best buy is taking back open copies of the game now, a GameStop apparently employees have been instructed to do so as well. Um, so it's it. The, I guess CD Projekt has kind of gotten their way in a really roundabout way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a complete and total mess. Um, I've never seen a game go from sort of I guess like the entertainment event, uh, gaming event of the year to this. So quickly, uh, yeah. I, I expected it. Just if the worst that happened is it was just sort of like underwhelming, and people were gonna be pissed about it. Not this, of course. Justin, go ahead. Um, you know, with the caveat that we're talking about video game stuff uh -huh. in the year 2020, mm -hmm. like this is a catastrophe mm -hmm. in this field. This isn't just. I'm gonna take another game 
this isn't Assassin's Creed that came out and just, you know, fumbled their launch and, and, and messed up like this. Like Cyberpunk is the next game from the developers of The Witcher 3, you know, like they teased this game in 2013. It has been probably the most anticipated game of the last four year, four or five years for a large swath of people. This was supposed to be a 30 million unit seller. Mm-hmm. And to have all of this happen, to have the game delisted on PlayStation and refunds accepted everywhere is nothing short of just a straight catastrophe for CD Projekt Red. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever see this again. This we have a question that we'll get into this, um, but like this may change the way large video games could be handled in the future because it is such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, uh, agreed. Hundred uh, percent agreed. Um, it it's also a thing where CD Projekt Red, and we we talked about this on on sort of like the lead up right to um to this game coming out, where they seem to be sort of headed into this um this sort of realm, the stratosphere of dev, right? That is sort of reserved for your rock stars or your Bethesda you know, game studios, like those sort of, those sort of groupings of studios um, when they put out games and they're just events, no matter what happens and they sell huge and people who don't play games or play a lot of games a year are, are buying them and playing them. And they've erased, you know, I, I would say eight years of goodwill towards this, this particular game in, in a month, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, and, and it's pretty, it's pretty insane. I've never seen a company. I mean, CD project red is the second largest company, video game company in Europe mm-hmm. and had pretty much carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. Uh, you know, and I've never seen a company fall from grace had all their goodwill absolutely lit on fire like this ever. And we've seen a lot of companies screw up bad. Yes. 100%. But nothing like this. Yeah, no, no, nothing like this at all. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, and look, I don't think anything is ever going to break this, um, this cycle that we're in of people, people not caring about what reviews say or waiting to hear word on how games play before they put their money down for something and and buy it. Right. Because in games like, you know, people, and this is why you see, I think so much of the shittiness that happens with people because people hate to spend their money and then feel like they got gypped. So they don't want to hear any bad stuff about a game that they already purchased before it came out, right? So that's why you, yeah. you see so much of this anger towards, towards, I think, reviewers who, you know, said still very and very good things about the game, um, but weren't like crazy over the top praising it. I, I think you you saw that that anger, and now you've seen that anger shift back over to CD Projekt Red. That anger, I don't think, needs to be there the way it is at that level in in any direction. But I I, I think that people, if you're going to pre-order something, know that you are basically signing yourself up to be a guinea pig beta tester for whatever thing they're putting out on the shelf until they until they fix it and get it right. Because most games today launch um, in in a compromised state and then heal themselves over time. 
right? And and I think that this is just it taken to I think it's inevitable, you know, apex, right? Of the biggest game that was supposed to come out this year being the most broken, um, and it spreading beyond just you know forums and um, a select group of people who care about it, right? It's blown, but there was story. There's story in the New York Times this weekend. Um, called What Happened to Cyberpunk 2077. So like it 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 has exploded past just normal gaming outlets and into into other things. And and I think that it I would like it to, like you said, Justin, sort of like change the way big games are handled and, and made. But I just unless this ends up with CD Project losing a lot of money losing money over the long term and not just in this two week period where, you know, everything is so focused on what's going on. Um, I don't think it'll matter. Right. Because I think that companies are, companies are very short sighted on how to make money right now. And they're always going to try to push products out for fiscal reasons rather than creative reasons. Well, um, here's, I think this is maybe a good time that we can get into the question that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from in our discord from Grun. Uh, it says if early access was offered, would it have saved cyberpunk from this entire mess? And I had also seen this thought pop up more than one time over the last week. I think it was, maybe it was Patrick Klepek, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Austin Walker. I think it was, I think it was Patrick who said like, we're eventually going to see a huge AAA dev. Try it. Like, mm-hmm. we're, let's just say, let's just say it was CD project red. And mm-hmm. they're like, look, Cyberpunk is going to launch in a rough state. So let's just get it out there right now and maybe even do a pricing tier where it's like, we're getting it out there in early access. It's 15 bucks off. And it comes out there with all of the bugs and everything. But like it would, Patrick's idea was it would A, get the game out there. It would lessen crunch. Mm-hmm. It, it You have the immediate groundswell of people coming to the game already. Yeah. Uh, the 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 if there's bugs in there well then you know that there's bugs in there you're coming to it in early access that's fine and then the community can work with the devs to iron those things out and then the game launches at 1.0 and then you get the influx of other sales i think we're seeing just this year on a much smaller scale the success of hades doing that mm-hmm. and then what is it um the larian games uh one. Oh, uh, baldur's gate 3 baldur's gate 3 is launched in early access not a game that you would expect to launch in early access Mm -hmm. so he was under the assumption or or the feeling that eventually we'll see a big triple a dev try this where they'll throw it out there at let's say 45 bucks and then as it gets closer to launch the pricing can go up and then everybody celebrates at 1.0 but it a lessens like i said lessens crunch Mm -hmm. and all, cyberpunk wouldn't have any issues to be like oh the game's in early access right now we're we're all working on it together but yeah. you're in the experience early yeah so i think i mean yes it definitely would have helped will we ever see that i hope so yeah i hope so too i mean i think because then then these glitches would be things that people were literally not well we're still laughing at them right but laughing at them in a way that wasn't so toxic i guess about toxic yeah what, what, what's going on I mean, yeah, we, I mean, the other game that people tried to tried to compare this to was No Man's Sky, right? And uh, I think that's extremely wrongheaded for a few reasons. One, because No Man's Sky was like seven people, <laughs> you know, making something that really had never been done b- before. Um, and, it, and as a game, it worked. It just was not the game people were expecting, 
right? Or the game that was promised, but it was a game that worked. Um, I think it's an unfair comparison, right? But but a lot of people said the same thing when, when No Man's Sky came out, right? Which was, if Sony hadn't thrown their weight behind um, No Man's Sky and Hello Games, and it had just sort of gone through the regular process that independent developer would go through, it would have 100% ended up in early access, and then you wouldn't have had all of this sort of um, anger towards them before they ended up getting the game, say it was supposed to be. Just now it's a game that people love and people want to root for and people like a lot, right? So um, I think a developer still do it. Green is asking us which AAA do we think would try it? Um, you know, I, I, obviously I don't think it's going to be one of the, the platform holders. I don't think that would, that would ever happen. Right. Um, uh, it's tough to say. Ubisoft, I mean, maybe Ubisoft, maybe Ubisoft, like, but like, I don't they know. Always like, they like to try new things. They do. They do. I could see them I, putting some out in early access, but I don't, I couldn't see them going like, okay, the next you know, the next Assassin's Creed game is going to launch no, early it would access. Have to be, you know? It would have to be like a new IP or it'd have to be something way different. Like, um, like if EA had done this with um, Anthem, mm -hmm. like that would have been, a, that would have been a good test case. I could see maybe the next time EA takes a swing at something like that, maybe they try it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, EA, I think would be, a, would be, a, there'd be a good case for EA to do it um you know it's tough because i i feel like it would have to be one of these developers that is very big but not one of these like you know international conglomerate big 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 guys guru mentions rock save their suicide game suicide squad game i don't know if warner brothers would do that warner i think brothers warner brothers wants to put out a Batman game or whatever, you know, a, a game for their universe, they're going to say like, this, this thing has to be like a product on shelves because the other part is Sony has no early access, universal early access program, right? Ooh. Microsoft does, but Sony does not. So you would, you would be cutting yourself off from the Sony platform most likely if you were going to launch an early access. Bethesda could do it. Bethesda's Microsoft now. So no, they're not going to oh, do yeah, it. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> But Bethesda would be one that I would good candidate. think, like, yes. yes. Bethesda, a very good candidate. Um, um, you know, I, I just don't know. But Bethesda, it, had, Bethesda sort of has, they were saying, like, autonomy. Yeah, no, they have autonomy, but that just means I don't think that, like, the head of Microsoft Game Studios is well, going to be doesn't matter. Like, you're, yeah, but you're getting it on Game Pass anyway. So yeah. it's not, it, is, it, it doesn't matter to you if, if, yeah. it, if it comes out all bugged out because Game Pass subscribers aren't even paying for it. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know how Japanese like developers feel about this kind of thing, like an early access program. Um, but I'm, I'm like racking my brain to try to think of, of, a, of a big dev who would do it. EA feels to me like the company that would do it, you know, over over any of them. Because um, it, feel like, it feels like for EA, they would also need a win. Like, yes. hey, look, we're doing this thing because you hate all of our other games. Yeah. So let's let's see this and see if it works. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, Hades, you mentioned Hades. There have been a lot of cases of devs who have put their games out in early access and done just this, right? Have It started out very buggy. They worked on it. They put it out. By the time I got 1.0, it was like a finished, really well put together game, right? And, and I think 
There's no reason. And I, and I think Larian with something like Baldur's Gate, and they did it with the Divinity games as well, is a perfect example of a single player. It's not only single player, but a story driven game, a big game that that could, you know, sort of do well in that scenario and help it become the game it needs to be. Um, you know, uh, not, not that CD Projekt would need this, but it also brings influx of cash in sort of like constantly. Right, you're you're getting sales of your game while you're working on your game, so it's not like you're yeah. you're backloading it so much into one pocket. Um, I wish somebody would do that, you know, but I just don't know if if that's um if that's in the cards or not. I mean, we could uh, we could jump into the other question we had. Yeah, and, I think although, we should. Mm -hmm. Um, so Megs asks, oop, hang on, um, as I'm talking to Kiki, um, let me bring this up. No, thank you for thank you for giving me your full attention, Justin. Sorry, um, there's a few things happening over here at, uh, behind the scenes. So Megs asks, should people be worried about the future cross-gen games considering how bad Cyberpunk plays on uh, PS4 and Xbox One? We, like She gives examples like Horizon 2 and Halo Infinite. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Cyberpunk runs real, real bad on yeah. those consoles. Now, I would think with the... I think with the console manufacturers, since those games aren't going to be coming out for PC, well, Halo Infinite will, but let, we'll take Sony, right? Sony, we could see it with like, maybe we'll say like Miles Morales. From all accounts, Miles Morales runs just fine on mm -hmm. a PS4. It just looks, runs maybe a tiny bit better on PS5. Mm -hmm. uh, with Halo Infinite, I don't know. I don't know if that game is just, if the Xbox one is too underpowered to really run a, that a game that should be running on the series x like I, I don't know about that but i don't think it would be something like this where you're seeing what that game looks like on like a high-end pc where cyberpunk looks like on a high-end pc and then running on an og xbox one i don't know if you, if, if that'll be like a type of bridge that they're trying to cross uh so i i wouldn't be too concerned about that stuff moving forward yeah, and also I think Alejandro says something in the chat. He says the first party games won't be buggy. I, I think that um that you know, the Halo Infinite, let's say Halo Infinite, I think its original spec was gonna be Xbox One. So I, I think Microsoft is going they're committed to these games running on that previous platform for a while. So will it be as good of an experience on Xbox One as Xbox Series X Series X? Of course not. Um I think you're gonna have a more compromised experience, probably lower frame rates, probably Obviously, less detail, less textures, less shading, stuff like that. I think you'll definitely see a visual downgrade for sure. But I, I think when it comes to Sony and Microsoft, I think you have less to worry about also because they know their specs inside and out, right? Sony yeah. isn't Sony knows how to program for the PlayStation 4. They know the stuff they can do to make the game run and work and not. I mean, that being said, we saw Sony games coming out near the end of the PlayStation 4 lifecycle that you could tell the games needed we needed the new consoles to run the games they were trying to put out right um and, and i and i think that um you're still getting to see that i i was i'm personally shocked still that horizon 2 is a cross-gen game considering it's not coming out even close to launch right and they made that such a big deal about they're they're a company that believes in generations and we're making yeah. a hard stop. And now this game that's coming out like three, four, five, six months or whatever it was after the PlayStation five launches, is going to be cross gen. But I will say they've been doing horizon for 
four or five years, three, I mean, three years, probably three years. And they know the spec, like I said, the PlayStation 4, I'm sure it'll run fine. I'm sure it'll run fine. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of other companies doing a lot of other cross-gen games. Like this is, we're, we're in, we're in a, this couple of months that we're in right now is the only time I think, except for like the sports games, um, and stuff like that, you're going to see PS4 versions of big titles from companies. You know what I mean? Like if the next Assassin's Creed game is a PS4 or PS5 game, I'll be shocked, you know, at this point. Um, I, I just don't see it happening necessarily. Um, and if it is, I'm sure it'll be a much more, a, a highly compromised experience on, the, on those other consoles. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry. I think it's a case by case basis, but I also, like, like I was saying before, that's why you, I don't think people, people need to get out of the habit of committing their money to things before they have any idea how it's going to run and act on their console. And if they're going to invest their money before they know that, you have to be, you have to know that you're rolling the dice. You just have to know you're rolling the dice because you, there's no guarantee it's going to work the right way. So, and on Sony, especially buyer beware, because you, you can't have, unless they into a new policy, you can't return a broken game. Even if you've only played it for like an hour. So you also have that to worry about. Um, yeah. Hmm. All right, Andrew makes a point. Well, mm -hmm. Andrew makes one point here that there's a lot of PS4s out there. And there are not that many. There are not that many PS5s out there yet. There, I, I, of course, financially it makes sense. I'm just talking about the Horizon thing, you know, for sure. Yeah. But I'm only going by their own, of course, words. like th their own, like we believe in generations. Yeah, they made a big ass deal when Microsoft was like, all our stuff is going to run on both generations for at least a year or whatever it was. And or at least the first two years or whatever it was, and they like made fun of them and said, no, we're making games specifically for the new generation. We believe in generations. And then all the games they released, except for Demon Souls, run run on both. So that's that's all Who I'm knows. Saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So uh, here's a question that mm -hmm. we didn't actually answer mm -hmm. or a point I wanted to make. Neither one of us have played Cyberpunk yet. No, I have not played Cyberpunk yet. I was going to. I was rushing, trying to get ru rush through everything to get to it for, you know, right around launch. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing that game anytime soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Which no, is no, no, very no. difficult for me to do with a large game. <laughs> Although right now, if I wanted to play that on console, if I even wanted to, I can't because I don't have a disk drive. <laughs> so there's no way for me to do it. And I could, yeah, I could download it on PC. But even still, I'm watching the PC version of that game running. Like I sent a clip out. Uh, to our mm -hmm. group chat today of just just a bonkers experience that it, part of me and Andy said this in chat before but like part of me wants to get in there and just see cars falling out of the sky for no reason just for the hilarity of it yeah but I also would like to play that game for real yeah and also that would be hilarious but it like crashing on you three times in a night you would know, be would insanely not, would not frustrating be, yeah, yeah yeah um Danny O'Dwyer on Twitter talks about how the game crashed um, after right as he finished it. Um, right. And so he didn't get to see like the closing cutscene. And when he booted it back up, it was not an option to watch it. Wow. So um, uh, the last says the last game I pre-order, I got burned on. I refused to pre-order any game. I, I, I mean, look, I mean, I think that is the smart way to be about it. I'm not saying I never pre-order games because I, I will. But like, if I do, I know what I'm putting you know my in for, you know, yeah. in for, you know, 
Um, also, I think it's a thing too where if you play, the, it all, I think it also depends on the amount of games you play. Justin and I play a lot of games. So when like one game is like, eh, this game is disappointing or it's frustrating, there are lots of other things for us to move on to immediately. And we, you know, like I don't spend too much time worrying about it. Like if I had gotten, I think I'm probably gonna get Cyberpunk on disc for the Xbox for Christmas, right? Um, I probably won't, I'm not gonna probably load it up until that update comes out or whatever. Um, but even if I had gotten it earlier and played it a little bit, I really would not have been too stressed, right? About like the, the problems. I, just, I would probably been like, oh, this game is buggy as shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm moving on. Like, that's what I would have done with it. But everyone has their own thing. No, nothing it did is excusable though. Like, especially what the company did to hold back what the console versions were before people could buy them, I think is always shitty. Um, it is incredibly, incredibly shitty. Uh, let's talk about, um, game, the other games you can play that aren't cyberpunk, Justin. Sure. Let's do that. What, we've um, a lot of, we've been playing a lot of things. We have, we have, um, what do you want to start out with? Let's start out with, um, destiny, destiny, destiny Two: beyond light is a video game that you can play in this, the year of the Satan 2020. Uh-huh, that's exactly right. Um, um, before we move on, I'll just say, in a world where you can read a review and then digitally buy a game from my couch, I don't see a need for pre-order. Um, it's true. <laughs> Mark, you are in the they that's been playing things. You, you totally are. Um, Moist is in, is in here. Moist Jesus has entered the arena um it says gtfo we have not been playing a gtfo lately um you make us very proud pops <laughs> andy is there too while we're playing this destiny too oddly not not cody oddly not enough. cody it's almost like we told him please wait for us and i promise we'll play with you and now he's nowhere to be found as we play yeah but me Get your light up boys aleandro what's your light at right now me mark and andy are ready to start that are light ready to start that rain by the i'm way. not far behind either you're not but you have to actually play the game justin again i know i do <laughs> i was like hey justin come night. on go and play you're like um i'm gonna play something else and I'm like, this Listen. the man who said who said last time we were on a stream you were like oh come on guys we just go, let's play enough so we can get raid ready i want to get raid ready <laughs> i definitely want to get raid holy ready. shit look There's... at Alejandro's light level 1268 that's a large light level. That's a large light level. That's crazy. That's crazy. So I'm over oh. 1200 and you're you at 1220 ish. Yeah, 1227 now, I think. Creeping so up on 1230. You're ready to raid. At least start it. I, I hear that it like, it like beefs Escalates. up every, every encounter gets a little bit harder. But that's, what, that's what those raid drops are there for. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, we jump in there and start getting some raid drops. All right, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about this expansion that we've been we've been playing. Yeah. So yeah, we hit this thing what two weeks ago? Whenever it that in, it was like the night that that or the, that week that the next gen upgrade launched, which is um, the eighth. The eighth. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So we've been playing since then, and what? Since I I have a lot of time in Destiny, I'll ask you. Yes. What is your thoughts on this expansion? So my thoughts have definitely um, progressed since that first week that we were playing it. I think sort of all of us, um, you, me, Mark, Andy as well, all um, 
all, all kind of had this sort of feeling after the first couple of nights, like, I don't know, like it feels kind of thin, it feels kind of short, you know, it feels like you're doing the same things like over and over again just to start out with. Um, and I was not really feeling um, great about it, right? I wasn't feeling great about the expansion. I was like, okay, I'm having fun, like running around shooting stuff and talking with you guys because that's Destiny is great for that. And Destiny is always going to feel great to shoot. You know, it's never not going to feel that way. Um, but what I will say is I think a lot of the expansions, I played all the expansions for Destiny, right? And, and I, I think that like most of them showed better at first to me. And I had a good time playing like the campaign parts of the expansion, right? And then when we got to the like the post campaign stuff and had to, and you have to go to like the grind time where you have to sort of just try to gr grind out your light, build build up your power, get yourself to the place where you're ready to raid. Um, I always felt like the to differing uh, differing extents, you know, the, the it always lost to me, right? Yeah. Um, but whereas I feel like this one is sort of the opposite. I feel like the, the like the campaign parts were sort of whatever to me like they were fine but not great but i feel like this post campaign stuff and the stuff that the the, the grind let's say in, in in quotations or whatever um has been the best i've ever felt it with me playing destiny um why do you think why do you think that is what are they doing differently this time to pull you in i, I just feel like every time i run a set of of the missions of the quests i do a set of bounties i i, I you know i pursue whatever a pursuit that I'm constantly like gaining, gaining level, gaining power, um, you know, finding things that are different, getting a cool piece of gear, blah, blah, whatever. But I just, I never feel like I'm hitting roadblocks, right? I never feel like I'm getting to a point where it's like, okay, like, and I'm sure I'll get there, right? I'm sure it'll, in another week or so, I'll be there where we're like, I guess we're running the dungeon again for like the, you know, the whatever amount of, whatever month time. But right now I have this feeling like, okay, like, I've, I've gotten into like the raid ready time and I'm, and I don't feel like um, I'm slowing down yet. Right. Like in the past times, I don't know if because they made the, the, the raid like entry level lower than normal compared to where you started. I don't know. Right. But like, we're doing shadow keep. It, yeah. It feels definitely like a lower barrier to entry to get into the raid. Yeah. When, when, when we did shadow keep, I felt like I loved the campaign of shadow keep. I thought it was really cool. The dungeon in Shadowkeep I thought was great, but when we got to that, once that stuff was over, it was just sort of like, okay, like I'm struggling to get to the point where I can even start the raid, right? Yeah, it was um, a big, it's a big jump. It's a yeah. big ask to jump in there and grind your way towards getting that raid. Yeah, um, and uh, in addition to buying the $40 Bound Light expansion, I did buy the $10 um, season pass, the season of the hunt or whatever. So does that get you all the stick? What does that get you? The extra $10 one that gets you the, the per pay stuff on the season track, which is a bunch of gear, more engrams like that. But there's also, um, the Hawk moon quest that I'm doing right now that's included and all the stuff for the crow who is the prince from forsaken, ah. um, is like back and he's like sort of have his memories, but doesn't really have his memories. He has these hunts that you can go on, which are cool. Yeah. And he's saying they're pretty cool. Um, you, he gives you this thing called a lure and you have to like charge it up by doing crucible gambit or playlist or strike playlists. You charge it up. And when you get a charge, you put like a piece of bait in it basically. And there's right now there's two, there's fallen targets and there's hive targets. 
you put a you put a bait in it and you can also put like mods into it what like some of them will say like okay put this mod to it and the gear you get from completing this hunt will will roll with better than average stats or we'll have a masterwork, like uh, we'll have an agility masterwork baked into it. You you take this lure to either, I think it's either um, the Dreaming City or um, Forgotten Shore. And there's like these big weird looking pillars or whatever. You stick it into the pillar and like a boss appears, like a, a, um, a, a like this, the, your, your prey appears, you get him down to 25% health and it disappears. Um, and it leaves like a like monster hunter ass trail. I was literally about to say monster hunter. Uh-huh. A monster hunter ass trail, like a green trail. You track. You track it to a certain point. Then there's like a mission marker. You start the mission, and you get instanced into because you can be doing the first part of it with whoever is around when the when the thing gets started in like the in like the open world. Then you go into an instance, and then you fight. You kill this piece of prey, and then another boss pops. And you beat that boss, and then that's the end of it. And then you get a piece of gear for it. Um, you take you as th- you do those. You bring them back to the crow. You up your rep with him, and the higher your rep goes, then the more complicated hunts you can do, the better gear you can get. Um, they're cool. They're uh, it's it's a it's another activity to do. It's something that changes up the experience. Um, you get good gear from it at, at, as well. So so th- I think it's neat. Um, I've been enjoying it. Andy and I started the Hawkmoon quest. We got. We're almost done. We got to like step seven of 10 or eight of 10. And now it's like, take this, you know, go into the crucible or gambit and kill people and, you know, charge it up or whatever. So now I've got to do that. I'm like at 16% of, of doing that or whatever. Um, but what I'll say too, is I think also, so in, for this expansion, right, they got rid of a lot of stuff. Right? There, there's like a bunch of planets that are gone now with that content, with that, a lot of, quests are also gone which is a i guess is also a bad thing but is a good thing because my quest log now is super manageable and i don't have quests from like four years ago or whatever you know i have to do that because i still have quests my quest log is jam-packed um where like I, I had a look i don't even look at it if you go into the, the bottom tab is like the past so it's everything from like prior expansions that are not like the beyond light time and and forward and then that are not exotic quests because it keeps all the exotic quests in that one tab um and i had like a ton of stuff from the moon and it was like oh your reward is this piece of gear that can't be leveled past 1060 or whatever so i was like okay i'm just deleting all of these moon quests because i just don't need them anymore like i'm not i don't i don't need the dream bane armor to do nightmare hunts anymore or whatever so um i you know and I, i think um i think that's why so it's 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 like uh keeping it fresh and i also think and we're only playing it for two weeks or whatever it is right but um each week they've kind of there's been new stuff to do right it's that they haven't they haven't dumped it all on you the first day and then sort of just you finish that and then you're done they're they're kind of more live gaming it right and putting stuff out uh, uh, along the season um so uh i I, i'm I'm enjoying it like this is the first one. This is the first time I haven't really been any attention. The story is like whatever to me, um, but it, it, I've enjoyed like the actual playing of the game. Destiny story has, I guess maybe since the end of one, I've been like, what? <laughs> I basically play the game on mute most of the time uh, because like to, to me, I don't know if there'll ever be a better game for just getting into a party and talking with friends. 
than mm-hmm. Destiny. I know that Destiny has great lore and that people love it, and I, I know that it's it's very good, but I can't tell you a single thing that happened in this campaign, except I know now <laughs> I wield the darkness. You do wield the darkness, yes. Uh, um, and I'm enjoying it. It's not like I'm not. I, I, I definitely enjoy it. But, like, you know, like I, I enjoy to jump into other things as well. Like, I definitely want to do the raid. So I'm, it's, not like I'm, it's not like I'm stopping Destiny. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the last two nights, a couple other things I wanted to take a look at because sometime in the next month or so we're gonna have to get together for a podcast where we're gonna start mm-hmm. ranking games and i need to get through a bunch of them yeah uh so yeah i mean destiny still feels great the the difference from ps4 to ps5 yeah and i know i know that people who play on pc had already been living this world it's it's like the invention of the wheel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know I mean, it just everything about the game is just that much better. It's just faster. The, the, mm-hmm. the gunplay feels more smooth, even though I don't even know how that's possible. Um, and it's, you know, it continues to be fantastic. And I'm right now I'm enjoying my time with Destiny and I know we'll eventually stop. But I'm, I'm very happy yeah. that you your continuance uh, of wanting to play the game. It makes it easier for me to be like, all right, well, let's keep going because Bobby's <laughs> still Bobby's still in there. Um and so, like, I'm excited to see you because I know what will help was, like, if we really try to do this raid and you see what it's like when it's like, okay, we've made it to the first boss, but we're just not there yet. We're, mm-hmm. you know, light level is, like, maybe, like, five, we're each, like, five light too low. And then you get back out there and then you're, like, you're grinding, but you're grinding for a purpose. And then mm-hmm. you get back in there and then you're, like, okay, cool, we beat the first encounter. And then, like, feeling that, like, that progression through the raid is one of the best things in video games um and andy mentioned in the chat that the dungeon was fun the dungeon we the prophecy dungeon we did the other night me mark and andy was a ton of fun and and you know i i had a great time doing that the the pit of heresy with those two in during shadow keep as well and what what and what experience with those i think is cool is they're kind of like mini raids right they're kind of kind of get someone said because they have mechanics you have to figure out you have to figure out like okay why are the why are there these two like w- these two these two like almost like bowl looking things that have white and black in them like what are we supposed to do oh wait when we killed this thing these these things popped out of them but we killed this other one this color popped out of them why is it like that what have you figured out and then uh, so forth and and so on and it was really cool to figure that stuff out because we didn't know the deal so we just went in blind and and, and ran through it um really cool um, I, I'll say too, um, you know, Alejandro is messing that, mentioning, sorry, that he really likes a story in this one. There are like individual, like, um, I'll call them tableaus or whatever that I have enjoyed. Like the Clovis AI stuff has been cool. Um, that kind of gets roped in with the Exo Stranger stuff. I think that stuff has been, has been neat. Um, I didn't really care about like the, the Varix. Yes. Oh, God. stuff or whatever. I don't really care about it, but. Um, the, some of the littler stories I have, I have cared about, which, which has been neat. Um, and it's been cool to find like weapons. I think really for the first time, um, this expansion, this other thing, part of it too, I think that is, is made me really into it is this is the first expansion where I found weapons that I just straight up love to use. Right. Um, like I, I found weapons in another, I played destiny and found weapons that I've liked, but there's like one or two weapons in this, like the sword I have and the bow that Mark and I have or whatever. Um, they're nasty. It, it's just nasty. Um, and it's been really, it, it's really fun to sort of have those things um, and, and move forward through it. Um, Hulk B says, as a newcomer Destiny to Destiny, it's been difficult to navigate. 
Um, I can really imagine. It's difficult to navigate for me, someone who's put, uh, you know, a couple hundred hours into it, which is nothing compared to the rest of the people who, who with whom I play Destiny with. Um, it's tough for me sometimes to get back in and, like, parse out what I'm supposed to do and what's going on. Let me, let me, so, tell, you guys, let me tell you guys something. So the PS5 has a clock which will tell you your time in games in ps4 games as well it's somewhere in the settings mm -hmm. and i looked and i had 999 hours in destiny one and i was made fun of for basically being casual <laughs> 999 i'm actually a little bit annoyed that i didn't get to a thousand but 999 hours in destiny and it was just like oh my god did you even play the game Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Bobby's but, like what, I forget what you said to that. You were like you looked and you were like I have I have 130 100. 130 hours in Destiny 1 and I think a similar amount of time in Destiny 2. I I, and, I think. And in Destiny 2 I cut it back. I was at what like 350 yeah. or something like that. It was like I yeah. have 350 hours in Destiny 2 and other people were like do you even play the game? Did you uh -huh. even try? You gave yeah. up on this game immediately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And the thing is, like, for me, I look at, oh, I have, I have played Destiny for 150 hours. Like, that's very good for me to have played a game for 150 hours. So um, I was I was I was happy with that. But yeah, I mean, what I would say to you, um, Greg, is just don't try to tackle it all at once. Right. Just pick something you want to do. Um, you kind of use like a, a, use a quest as your guide. Pick up a couple of bounties that sort of relate to the area you have to go into and just sort of start knocking off objectives. Um, I know, Cody, I know 150 hours is weak shit. You put 150 hours in in a month. I get it. All right. But for me, that's a lot. Um, also, for, it's a lot of time to play Destiny 1 when you didn't play with anybody. <laughs> I basically yeah. played in, I played this one go solo, like almost completely. So that's crazy talk. Um, uh, I, I think, I, I think, you know, we were talking about this the other night though, Justin, I, 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 in party chat when you weren't there, I think it was Saturday night, we were talking about like with Destiny and what we thought of it and like what we thought like, especially story-wise, like the best time for it. And, and I had said, I think Forsaken was like uh, the best story-wise the game had ever been, but I don't know what you think. Hmm. Between one and two. Are we just talking about just expansions or actual game? Actual game. Any the story for across the board for between Destiny and Destiny Two, in the, all, like all in the game, probably Forsaken or Taken King mm -hmm. was the best. I mean, Forsaken was actually pretty pretty slick. Uh, the yeah, way they, do, they did things. I, the lore of Destiny One. If you listen to what is it? My name is Bife. Mm -hmm. That that shit's fascinating and like that hour and a half lore video that he does about all the stuff that leads up to the events of destiny. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can listen to this all day. <laughs> um, so like playing destiny, it was just like, Oh yeah. Like I, I see what's going on here. Um, but as far as actual in-game storytelling, yeah, in -game it's story definitely, telling. I would probably agree with you and say forsaken. Cause yeah. that was like compelling stuff. We got a jailbreak. We got to go catch these guys. Yeah. Forsaken was, I think was also the, the time where, because I, the game has two very distinct sides to it, right? Which is the sort of super serious, dense lore part of it, right? And sort of the way that the game is 
played and the way people treat the game, which is like, we're a bunch of chuckleheads just running around shooting things and having a good time, you know what I mean? And I think that Forsaken was the best sort of marriage of those, two, those two philosophies, things, yeah. you know? Um, which 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 I thought was cool. Because it had the most, I think it had a very clear villain, it had a very clear trajectory, and also it brought personality to your character, you know, which had not happened before. Like your character is just talking in that in that Forsaken expansion. And I when the, when your character first talked in the expansion, I was like, who's talking right now? I was, I was, I, I thought, I thought there was somebody off screen I wasn't seeing or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying Beyond Light quite a bit. Um, and I, I take back what I said in our group chat when I said it was a light expansion to Cody. Um, cause I think it has a, a good amount of depth, uh, actually. And we'll see, we'll see how it keeps going. Right. Cause, but for me, here's the thing. Other than the fact that we haven't raided yet, if in a, if next week, I, I didn't play Destiny again for a year. I would be perfectly happy with the time I spent with Destiny. I feel like I got my money's worth and got my time's worth and I felt good about it, right? So I, I'm different in that way than a lot of people who play the game are. So, you know, that, that, take that for what you will um, when, I, when I talk about Destiny. So the other thing that we've been playing a decent amount of together mm -hmm. is Call of Duty, Cold War, Black mm -hmm. Ops, the video yes. game. The video game. Definitely, you definitely said the, the the title in the correct order of words. Did I? Cold War, Call of no. Duty, Black Ops, Cold there you War. Go. There, you there go. it is. Uh, so <laughs> I, I quickly, I I played through the campaign of this game. I don't think I mentioned that on the last one. No, um, you didn't mention it to me. You finished it. I know you you started it. No, I finished it. Okay. Um, it was fine. Mm. Um, I like there was a whole bunch of side missions I could do, and I was just like, mm, do I want to? No. <laughs> and so I didn't. And I felt like I, I, I think it was interesting what they were trying to do. Like there's like, you have to go find, you have to do these side missions, but you can only do the side missions by finding and unlocking Intel in some of the missions to mm -hmm. like figure out who's who. Yeah. And I thought it was just fine. So mm -hmm. I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked Modern Warfare as campaign last year. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like the protagonists were anywhere near as good. Um, and I was just kind of whatever on the story. And there was multiple endings, uh, to that game apparently. Um, yeah. But like I said, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, you know, what we're coming there for is the shooty shoots of the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that game in the alpha. I was mm -hmm. having a miserable time with it in the first week or so of its release. And <laughs> yes, then we were like, were. <laughs> I was like, what if we turn off cross play? Yeah. And as it turns out, playing with PC people, uh -huh. it's not that much fun. No. And since the moment we turned off cross play, my kill death ratio has spiked dramatically. Well, it's funny though because we played all of Modern Warfare never turning off crossplay. I think which it's is just interesting. Like, again, I, I think it's just a different feeling game. Like, oh, it definitely is. It definitely is a different feeling game. It's faster. And so faster with a keyboard and mouse. And I think because maybe the, the levels are a little bit more close quarters, mm -hmm. is I'm just getting headshotted everywhere when yeah. we play with PC. Like, you know, normally I'm not, I'm not going to be the person to be like, oh, man, that guy was using a keyboard and mouse. And that's why I lost that battle. Like you could tell when it happens. Mm -hmm. But for a lot, a lot of the parts, like there are people out there like me who play on keyboard and mouse and just suck. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we turned off that we turned my kill death ratio was like 0.85. And now my kill death ratio, since we turned it off from that moment, has gotten like up over one point 
1.5 or mm. one point sorry 1.05 one, i'm not at 1.5 hopefully one day you're um, not cody no we're not cody or mark apparently <laughs> or mark yeah um but yeah we've been playing that multiplayer i think a lot more than i was expecting especially mm-hmm. after that first week or two when i was yeah. like did i make a bad decision suggesting we all play this game uh but we're in there now and we're having fun when we play and they just added a couple of new maps they mm-hmm. added one of our favorite landing spots from blackout as a map yeah. which was yeah. a map in previous blackout games yeah or, um, in um cold war uh no God. black ops black ops black ops blackout black ops cold war it's all the same to me now yeah raid which is the name of the map which was called yeah. estates in, in blackout which is funny because i know that map inside and out but i've never played on it until now in regular in a regular multiplayer setting yeah i only but we, we landed there so much when we played blackout that i know it i was like oh if i go up here and go over here like it'll be this part. It'll be the it'll be like the you know like the pool house or whatever or you know the the the, the window that overlooks the pool. Um, and here over here they don't have though that other level level though that they yeah, had in the which I, I looked for it the first time. I ran to where again I was like oh this is just a closed door here. This is not I can't go up. That verticality would make that map broken yeah. in the multiplayer setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've been playing a good amount of that and and mm-hmm. having fun. Um, but we they since the last time we podcasted added in their version of like their what's the word i'm looking for uh contribution to blackout uh to <laughs> warzone <laughs> fuck so now they've taken um, a thousand justin on Al- on your on your names <laughs> yes alcatraz <laughs> islands from what was from blackout right and yes yeah they have added that into um warzone as a separate playlist yeah and it's trios and it is much different it's a much different battle royale than warzone is it's only like 48 people mm-hmm. and yes you can buy people back it's a much 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 smaller map and if you die and you die a lot you all you have to do is have your teammates survive for 20 seconds and if yeah. they kill people that counter gets lowered dramatically yeah and then you come back mm-hmm. uh, but what's so different about this is just the speed at which it plays oh yeah yeah you are in, it there there is no there is no not fighting you know in yeah. warzone <laughs> you land there's 200 people yeah then with redeploys it's like 300 people and yeah. after you know 15 minutes you're like all right where are we at and in any other battle royale and after 15 20 minutes you look up and you're like all right in apex we've already won or lost yeah yeah definitely in apex for that for sure but in in warzone you look up and you're like cool there's still 60 people left alive yep yeah and so far this is just like fight after fight after Mm -hmm. fight and yeah like teammates people will keep coming back but if you could just if you can kill them yeah they're out Mm mm-hmm What's also cool is the level is so small, but what they've done is there are those chests with the good weapons, the good, good weapons everywhere. Yeah. So we've won. We won three times last night. We did. We won one other time together and I won one other time separately. So I've probably played 20 games and won five of them. Yeah. We were talking about this last night. This like, why, why do we have so many wins in this already? Because it's not like, you know, let's take Mark, you and I. Mm hmm uh it's not like we're savants at shooting like i'm fine everyone's fine we're good yeah. but it's not like it's not like we're, we're winning blackout matches all the time yeah and what i think really helps is <laughs> the opposite with blackout we yeah. were we were pretty terrible at blackout when i came down to it we're okay i think justin, i just we think played I, like 
three, we played like 300 match. I think we played like 400 matches and won three times or something like that. No, we're up. We're I'm close to like eight or nine wins. It's not good. It's definitely not good. Uh, but I, I think it's just it's so much harder to win in that game just because of the amount of players. And yes, yes, 100%. If you get brought back, say you so get brought I, back. You're, in you're talking game. about Blackout or Warzone right now? Oh, God, I'm talking about Warzone. Yeah, I was talking about we're actual terrible. Blackout. We were God, terrible we're in Blackout. terrible in Blackout. We were, <laughs> yeah. we were god-awful no, in Blackout. No, Warzone, we're fine. Like, Warzone, we can, get, we, we can get wins in Warzone. But yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but what I think the difference <laughs> is there, in Warzone, if you get brought back, it's like, cool, I found an assault rifle. It's white, and I'm going yeah. against the guy who has his loadout. Yeah. And this, it feels like, all right, cool. This person has their loadout for multiplayer. But, it, you know, I also have, I picked up from a random box laying on the ground a gold a gold assault rifle or a gold submachine mm-hmm. gun or a gold sniper so it feels like the battles are more even yeah where you have fully kitted weapons going against fully kitted weapons and we've been able to roll the dice and come out on top of um a lot of these a lot of these games so far and hey it, 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 as it has it it feels good to win <laughs> it does feel good to win you know because i would say even like the, the point where the weapons are the, are, are the good weapons are so readily available that I kind of like it because I'm not, we're not, we're not immediately thinking, okay, do we have enough money to get a loadout drop r- right now? You know, it's, it's more like, okay, are we okay with our weapons? Cause then we, we can spend our money on other things, you know, right now we can get some cluster strikes. We can get self-revive kits. We can, you know, whatever. Um, and I like that about it because the thing about Warzone is it really becomes just a, okay, can we stay alive long enough to get enough money together to get a loadout drop so we can get the guns that we really want, you know, and it, and it doesn't feel like that so much in this um and um i really like that a lot i think also what i like about the rebirth system is much like in apex right it or in Fortnite, even even though there's not like a place you have to bring the 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 like a person's card back to bring them back it's not like everybody can die and then everybody can come back right it's like you said if you die your team has to stay alive or there's no way you're coming back you don't have a chance to one-on-one in a gulag and then come back again Right. And everything moves so fast and so quickly that I'm pretty sure like when we did that last win we had when Mark brought both of us back in like the final circle or whatever it was like that was one of the times I feel like we really were like, OK, now we got to buy people back because like you, you get so late in the game so fast like that it it's tough to even think about it in that it doesn't progress the same way a Warzone match progresses. So um, it's like again. It's faster. Yeah. It's just faster than what, what uh, Infinity Ward is doing. And I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I think that, um, and it's, I will say, it's not just like the Alcatraz map. It's bigger than that Alcatraz it's map bigger. was. Yeah. Now, basically, the middle of the map is what that Alcatraz map was from Blackout. And then they have other things like kind of like a- around it, uh, on it. But it's still a very small map. It, it You know, you can like... It, every spot is going to be crossed over by the, the, the helicopter or the airplane or whatever that's taking you in. And if you land in a spot that is hot, it, it is going to be, f- yeah, it's, it's on, on fire. fire. It's never just like, Oh, there's one squad here. There, there's like, always oh, there's a ton of squads. Four, that, there's four squads here. They keep coming. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. And even when you're, you're getting eliminated, the matches are, it's so fast that it's hard to get really super frustrated because you're just back in it again uh, really, really quickly. I think it's a very good, and I hope even when they bring in 
whatever their version because the rumor right is that when it's the year anniversary you're going to see a full refresh of the map um whenever they bring in that new map i hope they keep this as like a, a another mode because i think it's a very it's a good way to get battle royale but sort of have the 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 quickness of, of a multiplayer match um sort of melded together which i think is really which is really, really good um Alejandro says something about he finds it interesting you the interesting you find the infinity ward call of duty is so different than the treyarch call of duty and in years before this one like I, I think a lot of those differences would have been minimal or almost psychosomatic but the truth is modern warfare used a completely new engine that call of duty had not used before and this cold war game is using the old previous call of duty engine that treyarch used last time around so they are kind of fundamentally different um in in sort of their uh feel and mechanics i mean it still feels like a call of duty game okay it's not like you're, it's not like you're playing you know titan like the, the titanfall and, and a call of duty game they, they don't feel like that different but there is a difference in, in the way that they move and, and, and play um uh, it's good stuff it is good stuff and mark mentions the mac 10 which is a new submachine gun in cold war this season and it's in it's in that rebirth island thing and in and, and Warzone now it is a monster of an smg it rips people apart it fires super fast it's a i good have to gun. try that it's a good um, ass gun there's a we've already been going for over an hour and i haven't even got to any of the games that i wanted to talk about <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna do that kind of quickly yeah go ahead um so like i said i game of the year is coming up and i've been trying to get to some things that have come out recently i've been trying to get to some things that i've overlooked so that way when we talk about this in the next couple of weeks I could feel prepared and that I know what I'm talking about. Hey, hey there, Maddie. How you doing? Um, so I, uh, I've started Assassin's Creed and I don't have much to say on it yet. Other that, <laughs> other than that, I am currently watching Vikings and now playing Vikings. And I like <laughs> both of those things together. Mm -hmm. Um, I will hope to at least be very deep into Assassin's Creed by the time that we get there. There are a couple mm -hmm. of games that I think we're just, gonna we'll talk about and leave a little bit that we're just kind of gonna gloss over because we're just not gonna have time and i'm sure yeah. we'll talk about those in a little bit but a couple of the ones that I've, I've been wanting to get to there is this game called haven that came out a couple of weeks ago that caught my eye and i kept kept telling bobby like i have to play this i have to play this i have to play this and <laughs> it just hasn't happened and then finally i was like screw it this is one of the things that bobby was talking about where yeah. i was like no i'm playing haven tonight i can't play destiny and so this game Haven, I think, is really good. And it's quite different than anything else we talked about tonight. So it's the story of these two people. Um, why can't I remember? Kay and I can't remember the woman's name. Um, but they're in their, I'm going to guess they're mid-20s. And they live, uh, they're on this planet, just the two of them. They're together and they're trying to survive. And they're talking about things that we don't know about yet. So it seems like they've escaped from some sort of colony where they weren't really in control of their future. They weren't in control of their own destiny. They were, we find out that Kay was originally designed to be with somebody else and that the two of them felt they needed to be together. And so they've escaped and they have fled to this planet where they're trying to survive and stay hidden. And so the game is very beautiful. It's kind of got this watercolor, but what it does so well is 
the story of these two people's relationship comes up and you'll see both characters on the screen and then you're controlling both of them. So you're, ha- you're having a conversation and you're the one asking the question, but also answering the question. Mm. So uh, there are dynamics where it's like they're they're flirting with each other. They're in a little bit of a tiff. They're talking about what they're going to eat. They're talking about what they're going to do. Um, they need to find a way to survive, to stay hidden. And so what you're seeing is you're seeing these two people who are in a relationship already, whereas normally with these games, um, when you're having the people come up and it's kind of like a visualization of a, like, what do they call that? Like visual, uh, visualization novels um, where you you want people to get together. It's like almost like a dating simulator. But in this, they're already together and you could see you could see their the hardships that they're going through. And so a lot of the gameplay of it is you go out, you explore, you're looking to fix your ship and you're jumping from these islands. They're kind of connected together. Think of it kind of almost like Avatar in a way, where it's these like floating islands in the sky and they're jumping from island to island. Uh, they get into combat with the creatures sometimes and it's like a turn-based combat, but they're also collecting things to make meals and the different meals will give you different attributes. But the real beauty of the game is the way that it looks. Um, the soundtrack, which I was very excited to find out is made by one of my favorite electronic artists, Danger. Uh, which immediately was like, okay, cool. Now I really have to play this because I was just researching him to see like come out with any new material. And it's like, oh yeah, we did this entire soundtrack for this game that I've been wanting to play. But the real, the real base of it is these, this couple's relationship and seeing them survive and be together. And so far I'm probably five or six hours in i don't think it's a very long game um i think maybe like 10 to 12 hours and i should hopefully have it finished but i'm like fully invested in it now i think that i think the gameplay is fine it's very easy the game even lets you know off the bat like it's not a difficult game so crank up the difficulty if you want but it's not what we're here for we're here for the story of this relationship and uh yeah i'm like fully invested to see what's happening because now the story has gotten to a point where it's like I have a feeling that they might be discovered soon uh, and what's going to happen when that happens. And I want them to be okay. And it's like weird, right? You look at this game and you're like, they're talking about like normal stuff. And then like, they kind of just like keep casually hinting at like having sex with each other in like very graphic ways. And it's like the game will kind of surprise you with that type of stuff. And it gets into like more adult themes as well. And what I really love is every time the game transitions between like, we're going into our house, out of our house. We're going from planet to planet. These like very beautiful hand-drawn comics come up of the two of them in different situations. Uh, so like one of them is like he's making her food and she's drooling. And the two of them are maybe just like getting ready to go to like a fancy thing. And like he's putting on a tie and she's doing her makeup. And then like there's one where he's crying and she's got her arms behind him and she's like giving him a hug. And it's just like these really beautiful, well-drawn comics that like just like further fleshes out their relationship together. So that game's pretty cool. It's on Game Pass. I almost bought it, and then I was like, "Oh, sweet, it's on Game Pass." <laughs> uh, but yeah, Haven. I uh, if you like anything to do with like sci-fi stuff or romance or just like a very pretty-looking game with a good soundtrack, I recommend it. All right. What else did you want to talk about, Justin? So yesterday I got together with. Mark and two of our friends from across the pond, uh, Kiki and Hugh, and we got to play the Back for Blood Alpha. And uh, last week, it was last week, right? Was it or two weeks ago? I've lost track of all time. The Game Awards happened. 
Uh, that was two weeks ago, I believe. Jeez. Well, not, not quite two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I guess. Okay, we'll say that. <laughs> so the Game Awards happened, and a lot of the theme of the Game Awards, since we haven't talked about here, was, hey, remember that thing? We're going to make that thing, but we're not going to call it the same name. So we saw this with Left 4 Dead, which is Back for Blood. And then we saw a, another like spiritual successor to like Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Um, the but Callisto, Rock- the Callisto Project or whatever it's yes. called, which apparently yeah. is set in the PUBG universe. I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's set in the far future of the PUBG universe. Well, because you remember Glenn Schofield, I did quickly aside, Glenn Schofield... When he got hired, he got hired by what what is called they're called they're called Crafton Games now, which is like the the like the Splinter or whatever that studio the company used to be called that that made PUBG. Yeah, and it was like a um, it was like a PUBG studio. So everyone thought he was gonna be making like a narrative PUBG game or whatever. And then, but no, this is what he's making. And they talked to me, he talked about it in an interview. He said it's like the 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 far flung future of the PUBG universe or whatever. Just a little yeah. aside. Everybody, just a little aside tell me about back for blood so i liked left for dead a lot but it came out in a time in my life where i didn't really have friends to play it with um and so left for dead i played but never really got to spend a lot of time in because it just didn't have anyone to shoot zombies with so they show this black for back for blood game and it is just it's turtle rock studios they did evolve but they also did left for dead and they're filling in that hole where it's like no one ever made left 4 dead 3 we're going to take a stab at it um and also make some slight changes so we jumped into the alpha i thought the alpha was pretty polished for what it was i saw one weird thing which was one of the big behemoth people t-posing which was nice uh so it's basically like i said it's the meat and potatoes or like the bones of that game are you start in a safe room you have three people with you. You need to progress through a level with zombies everywhere and big mutated zombies that can entrap you or knock you on your ass until you get to the next safe room. And you do that a couple of times until you reach the end level. You have to complete some goal and then you f- you're done. And that's what Left 4 Dead was. The difference here is what they've done is they added a card system. So I didn't even know this at first. We did, the first time we just jumped in and what I noticed was, okay, cool. It's letting me choose three cards off the off the top. And so they were very random um, and just very basic. So one of them was like, oh, you'll do, you know, um, like here's plus five to your health or here's plus five to your stamina. And then you'd pick like two of those and then you would play and then you would get to the next safe room and then you could pick one more and then you can get to the next safe room, and pick one more. So after we failed the first time, we came back out and we looked and was like, oh, you could build your own decks. And so all the cards are there, and there's probably close to 50 cards, and you could pick 15 of them. You could change your starting weapon. You can change, uh, so like that's your loadout slot, and then it gives you 14 more cards. So I found a shotgun that I really liked, and I was like, well, I want to start with this shotgun every time. So now I can start with that shotgun. Then there was 14 more cards that you could pick. And so a lot of the cards were broken down. It was like team bonuses, individual bonuses, and then like kind of weird stuff and so like a team bonus would be like okay here's 10 percent extra health for the entire team or here's 10 percent extra stamina for the whole team or let's say that one of the the mutated zombies grabs you and entraps you well if you're entrapped 
If one person on your team gets entrapped, everybody else on the team gains 45 health for five seconds. Whereas another one of those cards would be like, if somebody's entrapped, instead of getting health, everyone does 100% more damage and has 50% more move speed. And further on, it would be like, okay, if one person's knocked down, X could happen. Or um, if one person finds gold, the entire team will get that gold. And the gold is used to buy ammo refills or actual attachments to the guns that you're using. And so we sat there and we built, we built out our own decks where you know, one of the things always like, okay, well, I want, I think it was Mark actually. Mark was like, I want unlimited ammo for my pistol. So the pistol is his second weapon. So one of the cards was unlimited ammo. But Craig was like, well, I want unlimited ammo for my second weapon. But he had a card that would let him choose a primary as his second weapon. So he got an assault rifle as his second weapon that never ran out of ammo. Just like wild stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it was a shit ton of fun. Um, probably one of my favorite things I've done so far this year with, you know, getting together with other people to play games. Uh, because like I said, I never got to have that experience for, with Left 4 Dead and it ran great on my PC. I basically never dropped any frames and it was like the first time I played with a mouse and keyboard with a FPS where I felt really good. Oh no, it did, didn't work with the double primaries? Okay, I thought it did. Mark is correcting me and saying that that <laughs> didn't work, but they should do that. Um, <laughs> but there were a lot of cool cards in there that we didn't really even begin to experiment with. Um, and then, you know, if somebody goes down, you could find them in a like... In, basically strapped to the front of a truck if you kept moving forward through the level there was these big giant bosses which kept grabbing mark and ripping him in half mm -hmm. okay. it was uh it was really fun i enjoyed my time with it a lot more than i thought i was going to and uh, it comes out in june so i'm hopeful that we can do another run of that sometime soon that was an alpha so i'm hopeful that there's going to be a beta but we enjoyed it so much that we ended up buying left for dead 2 on steam oh nice so that is something that we'll hopefully get into and, and play a little bit more since they just added that whole community mod for Left 4 Dead 2. Um, I don't know if it'll scratch the same itch because it's a 10-year-old game, but give it a shot. Nice. Very nice. Anything else, Justin? And one last thing. Mm -hmm. I uh, Quickly last night, I, I downloaded and played this game called Disc Room, which is like a rogue... No, I'm not going to say it's a roguelike because it's not. Basically, there's a giant disc, like sp circular saw spinning out by Jupiter and your little cartoon man goes to go find out what's going on. And you enter these rooms kind of like. Uh, what was the name of that game, Bobby? Ar Arcade TV what, was on the NES Smash TV. Oh, Smash TV. Smash TV, where you have that isometric view of a level and then you can kind of choose. I want to go up. I want to go left. I want to go right as you clear rooms. Mm -hmm. So you jump into a room and it is basically survive for 10 seconds. And you have to survive with all these spinning fans or spinning blades shooting all over the level. And it's like, okay, cool. You lasted 11 seconds and you died. And now all three doors open and you could choose the next one. So you might go into the next room and it would be like, survive for 15 seconds. Also die to four different blades. But there's only one different blade in the room. So, but if you survive for the 15 seconds, another door will open and you can progress through. And so, so far I've gone through, I'll say about 30 doors. And some of them put me in rooms where it is just pitch black. And you can't see anything. And you're like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here yet. Mm -hmm. I'm not losing any progress when I die. So I just instantly, within a, within a millisecond, I'm back in the game. And some of them are weird. Like, they'll be like, okay, survive for 15 seconds. But the seconds only count when you pick up these balls, which will damage this one spinning fan that is chasing you down. 
So to beat that one, you have to literally collect 10 of these, survive and collect 10 of these balls. But there are modifiers that you get for just surviving long enough or dying a certain amount of times. I haven't figured it out. So like one of them slows down time and you can slow down time for like two or three seconds or one of them makes multiple clones of yourself. So that way you could survive for longer because as long as there's one you still Mm -hmm. in there, you keep going. And so there's neat little modifiers. It's made by Devolver. If I, if I tell you it's made by Devolver, you kind of get the, the feel of what this game is probably going to look like and play like. But it's a neat little thing. I picked it up for like 10 bucks on Steam. Nice. And it was one of those ones that I saw and I was like, I need to play this eventually. And I just wanted to take a look at it before the end of the year. Very nice. That's a lot of games, Justin. I know. It's a lot of games. I have also been playing, I don't know. A frustrating five minutes of Cuphead a day as my three-year-old son and four-year-old nephew have seen it played on YouTube and then wanted to play it. And I try to tell them it's an extremely hard game. And then they pick up the controllers to know what they don't know what they're doing, die and start screaming at the television. Um, it's like the worst possible game you could give to a child. I know. I know. I told them that, but they did not listen to me. Um, isn't Karen playing it as well? Karen's playing as well. Yeah, she's having a good time with it. She also screams at the television, but um, she's a little better at it than they are. Um, so she's playing that. And then the kids have also uh, learned what Among Us is and are obsessed with that as well. So I put them it on never... free play on my iPad <sighs> and just let them walk around. It never stops. Never stops. That Among Us game never I w- stops. I wish... The thing I wish is they want to be in the same like uh, like world or whatever, you know, walking around with each other, but you can't even start even a local like private game. You can't even start it unless you have four people in it. Mm. So um, unless there's a thing where you can actually say like, hey, fill the rest of the room with bots or whatever. I don't, I don't know, but you can, all I can do is put them on separate tablets and put them in free play each and they just kind of walk around and they can do stuff. You can make them the imposter and they can just walk around and slice up the the crewmates or whatever and walk around um but yeah so that that happens as well uh that's really that's really been it <laughs> you've been hitting the multiplayer games harder than i have which is we it's reverse true. roles we reverse roles we reverse so roles. how do you want to you want to talk about what we're going to do for game of the year yeah yeah i mean i think i don't think we have too much to talk about but i think because we, we would talk a little bit via text and trying to figure out what we're going to do i think we decided Right, that we're probably going to do it. Um, we're going to take uh, January to try to play as much as we can play. Um, and then I, I think first week, probably in February, we're going to record our Game of the Year um, podcasts. Um, and I think that uh, we talked about this and I think we're going to do uh, a top five, a shared top five, I think is what we I think we settled on um instead of a top 10 we haven't we have not played enough new um video games i think this year to any sort of in any sort of length and bulk to be able to really create like a well-informed top 10 list it didn't help though that they decided to release like five giant open world games at the end of november so getting yeah, through those, yeah, yeah. getting through those games is, is rough and then it's been a it's been a weird year you know like yeah yeah, it, it felt like from March until July, August, nothing happened. And then mm. we got hit with 
a lot of stuff as usual but like you know usually that time is like good for like catch up and stuff yeah but there really wasn't a lot to play even then yeah um so yeah we're we're gonna come together and we'll, we'll of course do a list and i'm sure we'll talk about a lot of the games that we played but trying to order you know unless unless a lot of these games hit me in the next five weeks we're coming out with the top five will be easier but we'll definitely talk about a lot of the games that we played this year even if they don't yeah the top five. Oh, of course and we'll talk about all the games we played but i i just don't think like we could sit down and really make a top 10 and really say like these are 10 of the best games of the year because we just have not played we've played a lot of games and a lot of hours into games but uh but i would say because especially because of the streaming stuff a lot of them not games that came out in the year 2020 um, <laughs> i've got multiple games i'd like to put in the top 10 that did not come out this year yeah yeah so you know that's that's the other thing about it too it's tough to make that make that list um so i think that's what we're gonna do we'll do our normal thing we'll we'll we'll, we'll start with a big group of games and then we'll whittle it down into into a top five and order that top five uh you know one to five so we'll do that for sure um and i think we're gonna do it at the beginning of of january um you know i, I think february. that sorry the beginning of february sorry um you know, my goal, personal goal is to pl- is try to just put time into like a bunch of little stuff because I just for myself, I know like except for the only game that I have not played that's big that I would like to play more of is Final Fantasy seven. That's really the only one that that's I'm like, kind of the one that I'm thinking I need to go back to um, the other ones like are just not. Are not they're games that even if I probably enjoy them would not make a top 10 list of mine even in a year, which I play a lot of games. Right. So like I've been thinking about like after finishing miles Morales, right. I was like, okay, like open world game, but like more contained open world, not this huge thing with a billion objectives. So like, I was like, maybe I should give like ghosts of Tsushima another try or whatever. Um, but I just, I know I'll be forcing myself (laughs) to play it. And I'm not really in that mode right now to try to force myself to play stuff. So there's a bunch of little stuff. The, 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 the stuff's been coming out kind of fast and furious on Game Pass the last like couple of weeks. Like little stuff, like indie stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, a lot a, of it. I downloaded a bunch of stuff on there, like Call, Call of the Sea and um, Monster Train just came out on, on Game Pass as well as Unto the End and a couple of other things too that I downloaded that I want to, that I want to give a look to. So I'm definitely going to be in that world for a little while. Um, it's stuff I can, I want stuff I can knock out, you know, in four to eight hours, you know, and that, so I think it's going to be good for, for that kind of thing. Um, that's where I'm, that's where I'm looking right now. Other than Final Fantasy VII, which I think is the one big game I'm going to try to put some more time into. What about you, Justin? Let's see. I'm going to try and finish Haven. I'm going to try and finish Assassin's Creed. I might start Immortals, maybe. But oh, I also mortals, have to, right. yeah, I also have to play uh, Scourgebringer and um, I want to try, Rick, I have it. I, I kept it up so I could see the lists. Oh, Spiritfarer Rene- is another one Spirit I want to try. Spiritfarer, Star yeah. Renegades. Yeah. Um, I would love to try 13 Sentinels, but mm-hmm. that's going to be a lot <laughs> in five weeks, especially since I need to keep getting ready for this raid that we're going to do. Yeah priorities justin i know well they're gonna that that playstation like holidays winter sale or christmas sale is gonna go live soon i'm very hopeful that game's on sale because i would like to buy it the 13 sentinels 
Yeah, Aegis Rim. I watched it and I'm like, man, everybody talks about this trailer having like the, uh, this game having like the greatest story. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I see that and I'm like, I need to look at it. And then I, I look at the game and I'm like, I'm not sure. But everybody's <laughs> everyone's like, oh, this is like Lost. And I'm like, oh, why'd you have to say that? Now I have to play it because you're saying it's like Lost. <laughs> you, know, you know what game we're very close to, Justin? That's not a 2020 game. It's a 2021 game. Hitman 3. It's like in a couple oh God, of weeks. Yeah. Oh, man. Green says, went to play Switch PlayStation Winter Sale is tomorrow, and rumor has it Steam Winter Sale is also tomorrow. So, we'll see. I have 10 bucks from Epic. I need to find a use somewhere. So. Yeah. I'm telling you, get a fuser. Uh, PlayStation. I, I'm hoping that, um, what's it called, is on PlayStation Sale. is is uh, Final Fantasy VII. Because I have it on disc. I can still play it on P- my PS4 in my bedroom, but I don't want to play it on PS4. I want to. I, I held that PS4 controller the other day. Karen asked me to try to beat a cuphead boss for her. Did you throw was, it over the fence? And I was like, what get, is this? Get this filth away from me. What is this bullshit I'm holding? Where's the rumble? Where's the special rumble? Um, yeah, so I'm hoping it's it's there so I can play it. Um, oh, I have one other thing I want to talk about with very quickly. Yes. I've played a lot of Stardew Valley over the last two months. Uh-huh. This is true. Well, you've played a lot for you. You haven't played a lot for people who actually play Stardew Valley. That's true. I've basically accomplished <laughs> nothing. Yeah. And I think that game is overwhelming. It's Can extremely you even get overwhelming. In the cage yeah. Okay. I let me tell you something. I did something super rad in the caves. Okay. So I'm okay. playing and I, I I'm I'm playing in, in uh Peach's uh Discord and I have like a couple of people a couple of people watching me, helping guide me. And we're just laughing, we're drinking, and we're having a good time. And I'm in the caves, and I'm like, I just come down to this level, and I killed, like, two or three little, like, glob guys or whatever. I forget what they're called. Slimes or whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the next level. It's this one. And I just hit a random rock. It was that one. It was the stairs going down. Everyone was mm-hmm. like, how'd you do that? It was a really cool moment, and I really wish I was streaming, so that way I could have clipped it and looked awesome. That was the whole moment? That was the moment. You hit, you hit a rock and it had stairs underneath it? If I... There was, let's say there's a hundred rocks and I'm like, it's this one. Dink. And I was like, cool. It's right there. And just went down the stairs. Only if you did, if you did it more than once, Justin, I would have been in a row. I would have called it epic. It's like a one in 75 chance. I got it right. <laughs> you look at, she's, de- she's defending me in chat. Well, I'm sure Peach is defending you. All right. <laughs> you found a ladder game moment of the year. Exactly. Alejandro. I felt cool. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, is that they had just announced today um, a huge expansion for Stardew Valley, like 1.5. Okay. New farms, new characters, new endgame mechanics. So I know that friends of ours are very much into that game. And uh, Kelsey, if you're listening ever. She's not. She's not. But maybe she'll listen, listen, she listen to the actual podcast. No, she's not. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> that that stuff was all announced today, and it's out on PC. And I know a lot, a lot of people like that game, and it uh, updates sounded really cool. Yeah, I had a very good time with the like fifty hours I played that game the year it came out. I can't believe you put, you played fifty hours. It was of a that good, game. it's a great game. I had a great time playing Stardew Valley. Who did you romance when you played it? <sighs> it was a long time ago, Justin. Come on, everyone remember. remembers these things. You remember who you romance in every game. Listen, you remember you romance Liara. Yeah, but Liara is like Bay. Come on. Like ultimate video game romance, Liara. If I 
honestly, if I had a daughter, Liara was on the short list. <laughs> um, uh, I don't remember. I really do not remember who I romanced. And I apologize. Was it Penny? Um, I think it was Penny. Yes, it was Penny. Good choice. Because, you know, lost. lost. Oh, yeah, for you, 100%. Yeah. It would have to be Penny. <laughs> It was almost certainly Penny. Um, uh, yeah, that game's great. I love that game. I had a, I had a good ass time playing that game. Um, and that's again, that's what I thought. I thought what's it called was gonna be more like that. Um, Forager. I thought it was gonna be more like that, and that was a little bit more like Banana Pants than Stardew Valley. Forager was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Forager was like was like that, but you could build banks and the banks would farm you money and then you could go fight in these caverns against these giant bosses and uh, mm -hmm. forager was nuts so andy stardew valley <laughs> <laughs> let's get down to the basics is a farming slash dating slash life simulator i would i would say where you inherit is your grandfather's farm is that what it yes. is your grandfather's farm yeah. right um, you there, you have to like plant crops, water your crops, grow stuff. You sell stuff. You can make other stuff. Um, you also like go into town. It's got like an animal crossing type, like vibe to it where you go and you can talk with people. You build relationships with people. You can, there's like events that happen all throughout the year. And then you can also go into like the mines or whatever. And you know, uh, you, that's where the combat exists, where you get other kind of resources you need. And over time, the like, the the world sort of expands and you find new areas and you unlock like secrets and stuff like that and it kind of builds out greg it is exactly like yes, harvest moon it's just like Harlow. it's just like Har it's just like um it's just well, like i will moon. say about stardew valley is like yeah. i haven't seen this yet but from watching enough streams of the game i've noticed that it's kind of wink wink about some stuff like mm -hmm. oh this person has purple hair it's like, why does this person have purple hair? The wizard has purple hair. Her dad doesn't have purple hair. And it's kind of like wink, wink, wink stuff like that, where it's like... Infidelity, wink. Wink. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Greg, did it's, you really not know about Stardew Valley? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Greg, if you like Harvest Moon, play... Star, Stardew Valley play is probably the from what I understand, the best one of those games to come out in the last decade. Yeah. Stardew Valley now is an excellent has, game. Uh, and it's wild. Has, like it gets wild, like with how deep it is. You, you can put an amazing amount of time into Stardew Valley. It's a, it's a, it's a great game. And it, and, and it also like it, it can, it can hit several. The thing about it that I think is really good is it hits several like sweet spots as far as like personality types, I think with people, which is there's like the farm sort of management part of it, which is one thing which you can get really into like, how efficient can my farm be? Like, you know, as you get along, you get more automated processes and stuff like that to make your farm more efficient. You know, what you're selling, what you're building, what you're, what you're growing, whatever. Um, but you can also get in really into the combat and like using the mines and the, or, you know, going, doing the more like social stuff. So it, it, a lot of different people can get hooked on it in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I've heard it's a great switch game. I only, I played it on PC like way back when it first released. So, but that 1.5 update that just came out today is, pc only as of right now and it okay, seems yeah. like it adds a tremendous amount of content to the game that's why i brought it up just because for like that would be like a taking king style destiny update like a, it looks like a massive thing 
Um, I always meant to go back when they released that multiplayer in it, but I never, never did. I watched a multiplayer stream of it the other day, and it looks mm. more fun. Like to me, it's like it's difficult. It's like a difficult game to wrap my head around because it's like I need structure, and that game is very freeform. Where it's like yeah. you could do this, or you could do this, or you could do this, and I end up doing none of it. I'm like, I'll just go fish, mm-hmm. and then I'm very bad at the fishing. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, I think that's gonna do it for the show uh, for this week. I'm not sure what we're gonna do next Monday. I don't know if we'll do. I don't think we'll do a comic book one because we did like two of those very close to one another. So we'll figure out what we do next week. We might just do a freeform Maybe. thing. Maybe we'll play a video game together maybe we'll, pl- maybe we'll play a video game together that might happen we've talked about doing that we haven't actually done that yet let's um, do that let's agree we'll, to do that right now we'll do that next week we'll play a video game together i don't know what yet but we'll play a video game together um maybe apex legends because we we, we no, no other time will we get to play it because we're the only two people of our friend group who enjoy playing that video game i know <laughs> they want to play among us groom wants to play among us we'll see we'll see if we'll play among us um uh but everybody um if you're listening to the show obviously anybody in chat you might well i might see you again on wednesday when i stream i'm not sure what i'm gonna stream yet but same time ish 8 30 p.m will be i'll be back on wednesday but anybody listening have a really happy holiday um and um stay safe and stay healthy it's uh it's a dangerous time right now because people are just like thanksgiving or might get a little lax and do things that maybe they shouldn't be doing try to stay vigilant try to stay safe we can get through this i know our folks our friends across the pond are having a especially um tough time right now as things have gone back into full lockdown i think canada's going back into lockdown at right after christmas so um good luck to everybody uh we'll we'll take our Justin and i will take our six hundred dollars and uh pay a credit card bill <laughs> buy a new oil burner uh, buy a new oil burner um yeah let's reach out let's game we're all in this together so um justin uh where can people find you on the internet oh the internet's a large place but you can find me over uh at twitter at justin underscore says underscore hey i'm at bobby shortle on twitter please follow us on instagram misadventureland tv and on twitter at misadventureland no a in the word land um, come join our discord server and hang out with some really cool people uh, and yeah enjoy your holiday um, and especially now I must first say thank you Justin thank you thank you Bobby and thank you to everybody who's been watching and listening especially now be good to one another later these two great friends